It's time to step up to the mic and give it all you got right here on Karaoke Big E. I am Big E, and with me in the building is your boy with the tight fade, Jason. Welcome, Jason. I got a haircut, and it reminded me how handsome I really am. Very handsome. I clean my uh, went my mirror, my bathroom every day. That I take a shower. It's all fogged up, and I use my underpants to wipe off the mirror so it's clean, you know? And yeah. then I just look in there. I'm like, God damn, I'm handsome. You are a handsome, handsome gent. I don't know how I did it. Uh, funny story today. I don't know how, why it was brought up. Oh, I know why it was brought up. Because Dylan is getting ready to be out of school. Um, it's coming up here in a couple weeks. And it has been brought to my attention and my wife's attention that my uh, son's girlfriend would like him to come over and spend a couple days while he's off over at her house. And my wife is like, as long as you're his, you know, his mom's there. And he's going to finger that girl. No, 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 no. He's he's totally afraid of this girl. He's going to put his fingers in her. Uh, he's totally afraid of this he's gonna girl. He's going to feel what's his fingers are going to feel what it's like to be inside another person. He's going to know what love is. <laughs> I want you to figure me. So the funny story is, is that uh, he, uh, we're not worried about him. He's worried about her being all over. Oh, him. she's gonna finger him. Yeah. So okay. She, she's he, so. Uh, I was like, you know what? I said, Jason's middle brother. Oh boy, Kevin has got the lock. He's my youngest brother. Oh yeah, youngest brother. Yeah, he's got the lock on what? He's got the lock on the string of not ever having sex with a lady. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so we need to get Kev- Kevin and Dylan together, and, and, and so you're, you want my my brother to fuck your son? <laughs> no, oh, I misunderstood. No, that. no, no. I want your brother to show my son the ways of staying celibate <laughs> till you're in your thirties. Uh, I think what you need to do is, um, without like scarring or molesting your son, somehow sexually confusing him. You, you need Ooh. to get him baffled. So do I need to do to him what you do, Lorelai, with the... A lot of LBGQ. Thank you for remembering that. I, I say that a lot. Thank you for... Re- re- I always have to bring that up. I, okay, it's funny you mentioned that. And I want to get back to your son in just a second. Yeah. But uh, yeah. we're recording this today is Mother's Day. Uh-huh. And I was at my grandmother's house. It's my last living grandparent. She's mm-hmm. uh, 85, 86. She, the one from yeah. straight from she, over the pond. She's from England. That's right. Uh-huh. And uh, so I'm there with my mom and my daughter, my stepdad, my uncle, and uh, my brother. My brother Kevin was there. Mm-hmm. But my uncle's a gay guy. Yeah. And so he's there. And they're, him and his uh, gay guy uh, Fred, husband, I don't know if they're married or not. His name is Mark. They're cool guys. They, they party. They're, they're, right. they're in their mid-50s. And those guys are fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, they started talking about, uh, you know, our cousins and grandchildren and how some of them are old enough to date, and they've got girlfriends and boyfriends, and it goes to my daughter, and they say, Lorelai, what about you? And my daughter's like, I'm not really interested in boys right now. And I almost said, you know, it's probably because I leave all that LBG, <laughs> but then I had two gay guys sitting there, uh-huh. and I didn't, 
I I felt like they wouldn't care. Right. Like it's not a it's I'm it's not being homophobic. Right. It's joking about trying to keep my daughter from away from guys. Mm-hmm. But I didn't say it. I almost said it. Almost said like it. Like three times I almost <laughs> said it. So but okay, so we didn't mention before that the you know, girlfriend of your son, she's twenty four. Right? <laughs> no, so she's, of course she wants to fuck. She's younger than him. Okay. Uh, but, but they're in the same grade, I same assume. Same grade, yeah. Okay. Same class. They, they've been in, I think they've been in the same class together since like third or fourth grade. And your, your son is in seventh grade or eighth yeah, grade? Yeah, seventh. Okay. Is he, is he kissed a girl? Did he He like has it? not kissed a girl and he does not know if he likes it. Okay. I kissed a girl and I liked it. Mm-mm-mm. Love she went, Perry. She went to, oh God, she's. I remember when she hosted SNL, mm. they, they had her on a sketch called uh, Bronx Beat uh-huh. with uh, Maya Rudolph and Amy Palmer. Uh-huh. Uh, Palmer. <laughs> Amy Palmer. 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 Um, Palmer disease. And she, had, uh, she was a guest on that show, like their little talk show. Mm-hmm. And they just had her in the tightest shirt with like her tits were like practically touching her chin. Just mm. the biggest boobs you've ever seen in your yeah. life. She's a, she's a fox. That Katy Perry. Stone cold. What are you going to do about your son? Are you just going to um, go over there and have fun? I'm just going to let him... I'm just going to let him do whatever. I'm, he's going to get fingered. He's probably going to get fingered. She's going to finger him. He's probably going to get finger blasted. Um, he'll be fine. I told... I, I was like, yeah, maybe... <laughs> so when you go over there, just make sure you got the door closed to her bedroom. Yeah, yeah. Tell my, your son how to fuck. My <laughs> wife is just like, fucking knock it off. I was a straight fucking heathen when I was his age. Really? Oh, sexual heathen? Oh God, yeah. I was not at all. Oh, I was. Fu- that's all I wanted to do was uh, get my dick wet. A classic late bloomer. Yeah, but, I wanted. That's all I wanted. But you were all hun- I wanted. But I mean, okay, all because I had a all, sister. But that's all all of us wanted. But you uh, were at, you were acting on it though. Oh God, yeah. How, how does this happen? And girls are like, "Yeah, I'm in." My mom's never home for one. Okay, so that, that, that by the time I, opportunity. Okay, by the time I'm my son's age, mm-hmm. my dad's gone. My mom is constantly at work because she has to support me and my sister. Which me and my sister were home by ourselves all the time. She, she's blowing dudes in the other room. No, my sister's a late bloomer, just like you. Oh, okay, um, not me. So I mean, just like you. I had a younger sister, and my younger sister had hot friends. So I was always trying to get up in some... I mean, I wasn't having sex all the time, but I was always trying. But stuff was happening with her friends? Some. Not all. My sister got real mad about that shit, so... But still, I tried... One or two years difference? About 18 months. Okay. How how many years... How old's your younger sister? Uh, she's almost exactly two years. Younger okay, than me. so almost, almost two exactly. Years. So when her friends came over, you weren't about it. Well, this is what I was. Uh, I would. She would have a couple girls over, and uh, I had the room upstairs. So I would say to the girls, I, I would say to this one girl, Erica, mm-hmm. and I would say, "Hey, why don't you come upstairs in a little bit?" And then like they would go to my sister's room, and I didn't. I never knew this until years later. But they would go in there, and she'd be like, "Oh, should I? Should I really do it?" And I, I would have been terrified if she actually right, had right. done it. If she acted on it, God damn it, I'd have to put on a brave face. And I, and I just ran into that girl the other day. Did you? Yeah, and I fucked her. No, good no, job. I didn't. Good no, I job. Didn't. I, did not, I did not. Way to her. hey, way to close the deal many years later. Oh yeah, I go. I'm in for the long <laughs> con, real long con. All right. Well, uh, I want to start. This I'm gonna start a new segment. Oh, okay. Are you ready? Please.
That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Your boy has been getting into the world of cryptocurrency, specifically the Dogecoin. I want to talk about it. So we're going to talk about uh, cryptocurrency, in particularly the Doge, and what Elon Musk did to the Doge on Saturday night. Saturday Night Live. On Saturday Night Live. They got a billionaire to host Saturday Night Live. They got a billionaire to host Saturday Night Live. And what are you going to do? He fucking tanked. Well, let me ask you this. He fucking tanked Doge. Okay, so uh, Elon Musk goes to host Saturday Night Live. A lot of people are not happy about it, which I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, some people said, I don't want to be on the show this week. And I think A.D. Bryant was not on the show that week, except for in the beginning with her mom or something. Mm-hmm. Or It's basically like, if you're a cast member, you don't have to appear in a sketch with him. But I don't understand what the problem is. At the end of the day, is a major network, uh, are they are they supposed to be like the, um, the epicenter of creativity? No, it's all about getting eyes on the exactly. TV. It's about money. It's about... Essentially, what this segment of the show is about, mm-hmm. you know. So, to me, Elon Musk and the controversy around it only creates more eyeballs on that episode. I'm curious to see how the episode did in ratings. Probably pretty well. Probably really well. So, did you see the whole show? I or did not watch it. So, you just read about it later that he tanked. I, it. I've been, yeah, I've been seeing, I've been seeing a lot of following, not following, but catching a lot of new like crypto people talking mm-hmm. crypt, cryptocurrency people talking about it but uh, is that do we know immediately or do we have to wait until like monday in the no, market no, so no, 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 no. it's already it happening happened immediately okay okay saturday morning i wake up doge is at 60 cents no oh, 65 cents when i wake up saturday okay. morning by the by mid morning it had got to seventy five cents. All right. So, and then it stayed around seventy cents most of the day. Started dropping a little bit, dropping a little bit, and then, then Elon gets on and does his skit on um, Saturday Night Live. Uh, mentions something about it being uh, foolish or not foolish. He. Some specific word he says about it. A hustle or a con. A hustle. Exactly. Okay. So mentions it being a hustle. As yeah. soon as he mentions it being a hustle, it drops twenty-five percent. It goes from it goes from it held steady at sixty cents all day. Does he own it? Does he is he did he's he cre- got did he create it? No. Two dudes created it. It's it's literally a meme. Right. It's literally yeah. a a crypto made from a meme. Kind of a cartoon-looking dog. Right. Rid- so, ridiculous. Well, does he What own we're it? talking about is ridiculous. He does not own it, uh-huh. per se, but he influences it a lot. Isn't that great? To be, to be so rich and powerful, to have so many tens of billions of dollars that you can per- like purposefully control a-, a currency. That's insane. Yeah, so he... Well, can I tell you the sketch? What happened? Yeah. Okay. So they ever, you know, since day one of Saturday Night Live, they have a weekend update. Yes. And a lot of times on a weekend update, they, they you know, uh, part of the contract is each uh, cast member gets X amount of appearances on weekend update mm-hmm. to be themselves or to play a character and talk about something in current events or just you know try a new character out. One of the characters sometimes they'll get it, not often, but this in this case they did. They got Elon Musk to come on as uh, a guest on Weekend Update. He played like a cryptocurrency um, 
a guy who's in the know, an expert. Uh-huh. And so uh, Colin Jost and Michael Che, who hosts Weekend Update, kind of went back and forth, and, and they, they asked one question pretty much over and over again, and that question is, what is Dogecoin? And um, Elon Musk's character would attempt to tell them kind of what it is, but it, it still doesn't make any sense. As logical as that man is and as intelligent as he is and as articulate he can be, the idea of this kind of cryptocurrency is still very new mm-hmm. in our society. And Michael Che and Colin Jost were playing off that by asking him the same question over and over again and having Elon Musk play, as playing this character basically attempt in different ways to communicate what exactly it is and still kind of fell on deaf ears. And at the end, Colin, or, uh, Michael Che was like, oh, so it's just like a hustle. He's like, and, and, and that's when Elon Musk said, yeah, it's a hustle. And then it's, oh, okay. So you know, that's all he had to say, man. It's a hustle. And then they, they wrapped his segment up. So I assume that's the part you were talking that's about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So on the words of it's a hustle. See, now I was watching something today. Um, and I wish I had uh, Matt here because Matt would probably be able to be a sounding board. For I me. wish I had a pizza here. God damn right. We both, we both have wishes. Um, he, uh, so what happened at that point was, is there's people out there that own like $6 million worth of, or no, actually more than that. Six bit. Was it six? No. Oh, 6 billion coin, but about $6 million worth of this shit. They're called whales. So what these whales did is when they sold off at that point, it dropped it. It dropped it like to 48 cents. Yeah. Like 50 cents. Um, It's recovered. It's back. You mean like less than a day later? <laughs> it's, yeah, less than a day later. That's how volatile and ridiculous It hasn't totally is. recovered. It will be fine. But it has recovered back up to about 58 cents, which is still a lot more than what most people got in at. I got guys that were. I got a guy at work that got in at a nickel, uh, a nickel, at, at like yeah. bought a thousand dollars worth at a but nickel. At the end of the day, is this going to be worth anything? Is it going to? Is any? I mean, because isn't the right way, now? It's yeah. worth something. Right now, it is. Like I, if uh, if I had any money in this, I could sell it and make money. I, I wish Eddie. I wish I had Eddie money in this, and he was still alive. Me too. Um, R.I.P. But money. what happened was with this, I think, and the reason why it's on a back on an uptick is because Elon then announced today that he's going to send a satellite into space, mm-hmm. all funded from Dogecoin. Okay, <laughs> that's his big apology. So that's that was his big apology today. Well, God bless him to get uh, to get the Dogecoin uh, back to where. Uh, it's supposed to supposed to be God bless Elon Musk and you know what God bless the USA yeah uh, so how many how many different cryptocurrencies are you invested in I'm not invested in any well, well actually I take that back on PayPal I have nine dollars and some odd cents invested in Litecoin I have uh, three old uh, board games of Monopoly with that money in there. Is that is that like cryptocurrency? Yeah, oh yeah, it might as well be. Then I'm a fucking billionaire. I'm a fucking crypto billionaire. This sounds like someone dropping change. It's basically what this. I mean, that's what it really amounts to, right? At this point, you know, it's and, it's really literally worth. You know, 58 cents. And then I hear like a cash register. Yeah. And then it was a guitar. Is that a bass guitar? That's a bass guitar. 
And then he's going to say the words that we all want to hear here in a couple minutes. And then here, okay, here's some other instruments uh, I hear now. There's a little bit of horn. Maybe a, um, a, a bassoon. I think I hear a theremin in there. There you go. It's a way to, long way to get there, but we got I love there. money. I, 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 you know what? I could go either way on money. I love, you know me. Oh, I know you. I'm a money guy. He's a money man. He's a money guy. Um, uh, how long has it been, Jason, since the passing of our friend? Oh, um, uh, yeah, okay. So there's a friend. He, he wasn't on this show, but he was on. But he was definitely a friend of the show, the sh- other. Friend of the network, I guess you would say, if we, if we, if we had a network. Yeah, we, well, I mean, we got a, we got a, a community locally of uh, podcasters and different programs, and I, I forgive me if I'm I'm not remembering correctly, but I, I believe the only one that he was on was my other show, Couch, Couch Pilots. Couch Pilots, I think. And he was on a number of times there, and uh, I used to work with him. And I think the only reason he's aware of all these shows and everything is because him and I had worked together mm-hmm. and we were friends in the past. Uh, but our uh, a friend of mine, Lucas Newhouse, had passed away. And um, yesterday, if you're listening to this today, it comes out yesterday on Couch Pilots. We kind of had an episode where we talked a lot about kind of what happened. We um, played some songs uh, in his in his memory and to kind of give us our experience with him. And then ultimately of uh, Lucas's funeral. But um, Lucas is a very musical guy. Mm-hmm. He he, cre- he created a lot of music. He gave me a lot of his music. Uh, he was creative on multiple fronts. But um, I think what you're getting at is we're going to sing a couple songs today that. Um, in the style of music that Lucas enjoyed. How did you spell it? Was it N N U E House? Uh, his last name is N E U H A U S. N E U H A U S. That's very good. Are you are you singing first today? No, I'm trying to. I, there's this is his brother. His brother put this out on YouTube. Jason. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, play a little bit. It's an hour long, but just just a little taste of what we got for what the world got from uh, Luke. Okay, sure. This was the uh, in memory of whatever you say at his uh, at his uh, visitation. Visitation, yes.
and I'm not a religious man by any means, but uh, Luke is home. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what happens next after we go, but uh, it, it sure did suck to see him laying in a box, I tell you that much. Um, a lot of times when you go to a visitation or something, it's in a, a room, car- a nice carpeted room, maybe a nice vermilion-colored carpet, and then the, someone's got a, a, a board or maybe a couple of TVs, and on mm-hmm. the TVs it shows you a bunch of pictures. And I talked about this on Couch Pots, forgive me. Um, but uh, w- when you went to his visitation, you know, you get in line, you wait to talk to the family and then see his corpse there. But uh, on the TV, what it was, was uh, uh, pictures of Luke, obviously, coming, kind of fading in and out. Mm-hmm. And then the whole time you're hearing that kind of music, his, his music that he had written and performed. And then in between some of the photos, you'd see video of him recording those songs. And um, that was good. That was pretty good that they, they did that. His brother, like you had mentioned, put that together. And I, I, I think maybe I had met his brother once before. Um, I was thinking, what was the last funeral I went to before Lucas's? Oh, it was Lucas's his brother. brother a year ago. A year ago, yep. Which is uh, awful, I guess. I didn't know his brother at all, but that, he, that guy had his own problems. Anyway, I talked to his other brother, and he was kind of telling me, he's like, yeah, it took me like 16 hours to put together this thing. I said, I said dude, you did him right. This is he. He would have loved that rather than have some weird kind of churchy, organy kind of you know generic visitation music. Like this is this was his thing. This is his jam. Literally the music he created. Uh, his brother really did do him right. And I mean, we're gonna sing a couple of Nirvana songs here. And if you didn't uh-huh. hear that influence in in Luke's uh, music there, then you weren't listening. Exactly. So um, I, do you want to go ahead and start us? No, off I, I actually I'm gonna give you do have you do the honor. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If I can. Get that uh, tablet there. Nice tablet. Oh, look at the case. Well, this is all new. Yeah. Fancy. Are you going to drink that Vista Bay that I see you turned your nose on? Do you want it? I'll try it. It's Yeah, it's uh, the Aldi version of like the White Claw. Oh, yeah. It's the lime flavor. It's not good. I need some hydration and alcohol. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, the, the song I'm going to do first, I will say it's a song by Nirvana, but it isn't really. It's a song by a band. Do you know who sang this originally, Lake of Fire? Um, Meat Puppets or led, or was it Meat Puppets? No, that's right. That's right. right. Meat Puppets. You ever listen to Meat Puppets? Uh, not exclusively, but I've heard some things. that They're uh, kind of on that Dinosaur Junior plane with me, So, and I love dinosaurs, but I just... Okay, yeah. Kind of just more of a new, new wave. They're uh, almost a little more southern and almost a little bit more twangy. Yeah. than a dinosaur junior. But yeah, Meat Puppets is a really cool band. Uh, the brothers Kirkwood, if I remember correctly, I'm going to read some information mm-hmm. here in just a moment about the song. Um, but when uh, famously, when Nirvana said was invited to do Unplugged for MTV, um, I there's a you know it's well documented. It was on yes. MTV a million times. You can buy the DVD. You can watch every second of it. First of all. Oh my God! To be one of those people in the audience, right? Hundred percent. And to know that in less than a year, this guy was going to blow Blows half his head off. Exactly. You know? yep. He'd be like, "I saw this incredible performance that will live on forever." forever. Mm-hmm. But say they did, say they did fifteen songs, Nirvana. Mm-hmm. I think about four or five of them were covers. Mm-hmm. They covered uh, David Bowie, and they covered a couple of. Uh, you said you were about to say Lead Belly. Lead, be- Lead Belly, yep. Covered Lead Belly song, and then it covered uh, a couple of uh, two or three Meat Puppet songs. Meat Puppet songs, yep. And uh, a lot of people are like, I can't wait to hear Teen Spirit. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, let me oh hear In my Bloom. God, but that's they didn't do that because 
they said, what songs can we actually make unplugged? What songs translate to acoustic versions? Mm-hmm. Lake of Fire is a great option by uh, the band uh, Meat Puppets, who sat in, the brothers Kirkwood, that were in Meat Puppets, mm-hmm. sat in on this yes. song. And they sat in, I think, on, I don't know about uh, most of it, but a handful of songs. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's when the world kind of got introduced to the uh, current, uh, one of the Foo Fighters' current guitar players. Uh, you talking about... Uh, uh, Pat Smear? Uh, Pat Smear, yeah. It, it, but do you know do you know Pat Smear's history? He was with uh he would wasn't he with a band that they all I kind of idolized? Yeah, he, he was with the Germs. He the was, Germs, he was right. the original member of yep. the Germs. And I think the Germs largely not a good band. Right. Just a band that kind of incited uh, a lot of riots and violence and it, it was it was a band that was influential in like the punk culture rather mm-hmm. than it like oh we, this they're really good. They weren't good musicians. No. But uh, yeah, uh, Pat Smear considerably older. I think five, ten years older than all Probably. those guys. Probably uh, he definitely looks it. He did yeah, at yeah. Time. even then he did. But uh, yeah, they, they yeah he plays. Uh, he's a full time member now of, of uh, Foo Fires, which is radical. But Lake of Fire is a song by the American alternative rock band The Meat Puppets. It appears on their 1984 album Meat Puppets Two, and also appears as a hidden track on their 1994 album Too High to Die, which I have a couple of those albums, and that is a good album. What's that? Too High to Die. Yeah, <laughs> too legit to quit. <laughs> uh, the Meat Puppets have played this song at most of their concerts, and even after the Meat Puppets, Kirk Kirkwood has performed this song himself at most of his concert. Lake of Fire was most notably covered by Nirvana on MTV Unplugged in 1993. So, um, not a ton of information about this song. I don't know. It didn't really chart. No, I, I mean, I, 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 I it got any play. It was just because, of, honestly, have I ever heard the Meat Puppets version of this song? No. I have. I have I have some of those albums. Uh, Meat Puppets probably most notable, I, I guess, for that song, but I would go a step further and say for the song, because most people I don't think would even know that mm-hmm. that was a Meat Puppet mm-hmm. song. They're best known for the hit and their only real hit, uh, Backwater, okay. which is a good song. Yeah. They're, they're a good band. That album's Too High to Die. I highly recommend. Check that out well, if you why like don't the grunge, you grunge music. Step up to the mic and give it all you got, baby. That'll be fine. <clears throat> Where the bad folks go when they die They don't go to heaven where the angels fly Go to a lake of fire and fry See them again till the 4th of July I knew a lady came from Duluth Bit by a dog with a rabbit tooth She went to a grave just a little too soon Flew away howling on the yellow moon Where the bad folks go when they die They don't go to heaven where the angels fly Go to a lake of fire and fry See them again till the 4th of July People cry and people moan they look for a dry place to call their home Try to find some place to rest their bones While the angels and the devils try to make them their own 
Where the bad folks go when they die They don't go to heaven where the angels fly Go to a lake of fire and fry See them again till the 4th of July Jason. Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> I, I, I can't tell you which songs of Lucas's were the, his favorites of Nirvana, but um, goddamn, uh, Kurt uh, Kurt Cobain could sing a good song. He could write a good melody. I know that wasn't his song per se, but he he made that song famous. And uh, I hope uh, that Lucas uh, would have enjoyed that. I think he would. I think he would. I really, really, really think really, he would. Really, th- um, really think he would. Like I said, I I had the pleasure of meeting Lucas a couple times. I think, I, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure I sat in on a couch pilot that he was on. It was probably at one of the marathons. Maybe so, yeah. I, I, he was I, at episode 200 for sure. Yes, I... Uh, had the pleasure of sitting across. As a matter of fact, that's when I met him. Uh, if you heard Lucas on Couch Pilots, he had a distinct voice. Could not you could not not know it was Lucas. Um, and like Blake always said, he was always quick wit, always there. Um, he was al- he's always happy to be on the show. Anytime I'd ask you, he said yes. Yeah. And, and and just so so we're clear. I don't have a line of people waiting to be on the show. Right. I usually have to ask. And usually people say yes. Uh-huh. But Lucas was always immediate. It was never I have to check. It's never let me uh, think about it. I'll get back to you. Like most people are. Uh, his his immediate was, yeah, just just tell me when. And then right. I would go pick him up. I went to the fun. I went to me and Blake went to the visitation together that day. And uh, I got home. A couple hours later, my mother-in-law calls my wife. And she's talking. And she's kind of crying. And she goes, the lady across the street just uh, came over and told me how she had just buried her, or just buried her son and buried her, and then I was. Then she said I had to bury my son last year. Yeah, and I put two and two together, and I said it was his name Luke. And she goes, "Yeah." I said, "So all these years, small. That's how small the world is." Luke lived right across the street from my mother-in-law. Yep. Walked his dog every day. South, uh, just south. South Tenth Street. Yep. South of Derby, yep. there walked yeah. his dog every day. She said he walked. She's seen him walk that dog every every day. Loved that dog. Dog uh, was named Six after Nikki Six. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. His sister. I say I was. I, was, I told the wife. I said his sister looked vaguely familiar, mm-hmm. like because his. I knew that his sister's a taller, like girl, taller gal. Yep. Um, she's. And I knew she lived across the street, but I didn't realize that the family lived across okay. the street because uh, she used to work somewhere like like Kmart or something when Kmart was open. Or okay, so I was like, I just started putting two. That's a small world, 
you yeah. know? Yeah. I did not realize that Luke lived right across the street from my mother-in-law for ever. And so just so I say, uh, Lucas, was he was 36 years old. Right. Was, wasn't was an old man. I wasn't friends with some old oh, man. Oh, no, 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 no. He no, no, was no. Uh, younger than me. Right. And uh, it's a total bummer that and he's gone. He caught the... I mean, we can assume that we, that the COVID is what started the... I, he's... He he had a, a myriad of, of problems uh, physically, and uh, you know, cultivating uh, cultivating with uh, COVID, you know, mashing that shit together is just mm-hmm. it's a bad business. So yeah, so um, I'm gonna do one in his honor as well. What are you gonna do? Uh, I think I'm gonna do in Bloom. No, yeah. not in Bloom. What's the one? Here's the one he likes. All our pretty songs, and he probably likes to right? sing. I don't know. I'm going to start it so to see if it is because I can't you remember. Want to, you want any info about it? Yeah, hold on. I just want to make sure if this is it. Yeah. <clears throat> that was a single for sure. <laughs> what do I have it turned down? I don't know what's going on over there. I do not have it. What's going on here? Yeah, that's it. In bloom. Okay. Uh, you want me to read some information? Yeah, about go it ahead. Let's see if I can get this thing right. working. It's a uh, popular song by American rock band Nirvana, written by vocalist and guitarist Kurt Cobain. Well, that ain't it. That's not what you're doing, is it? No. There we go. All right, there you go. It appears as a second track on the band's second album, Nevermind, released by DGC Records in September of '91. The album version is the second of two versions of the song that were released in 1991, the earlier of which was recorded in 1990, while the band was still signed to their original record label, Sub Pop. This version was initially released as a music video only on Sub Pop Video Network Volume 1 VHS compilation. In Bloom was released as the album's fourth and final single in November of 1992 and generated heavy American airplay, reaching number five on the U.S. mainstream rock chart, despite never being released as a physical single in the United States. The international release of the single made the top ten in Ireland and Portugal, as well as the top 20 in Finland, New Zealand, and the top 30 in Sweden and the United Kingdom. It was accompanied by a new music video directed by Kevin uh, Kerslake, which won Best Alternative Video at the 1993 MTV Video Music Awards' Do You Remember That Video? No. This is the one where it, I, we, I know we were kind of uh, dancing around doing Ed Sullivan yes, um, I do now. Yes. impressions earlier. But yes. yes, they're in black and white. They look all uptight with their suits, and they're, they're playing real stiff like they're on a, an old-timey talk show. And I think at the end he goes a little nuts, doesn't he? Yes. Okay. I want you to say, ladies and gentlemen, Nirvana. Ladies and gentlemen, Nirvana. the kids for food where the change moves spring is here again reproductive plants has 
the one he likes All our pretty songs And he likes to sing along And he likes to shoot his gun But he don't know what it means Don't know what it means When I say he's the one he likes All our pretty songs And he likes to sing along And he likes to shoot his gun But he don't know what it means Don't know what it means when I say yeah We can have some more Nature is a whore Bruises on the fruit Tender age bloom And here's the one He likes all our pretty songs And he likes to sing along And he likes to shoot his gun But he don't know what it means Don't know what it means when I say He's the one He likes all our pretty songs And he likes to sing along And he likes to shoot his gun But he don't know what it means Don't know what it means when I say yeah One he likes all our pretty songs, and he likes to sing along, and he likes to shoot his gun, but he don't know what it means. Don't know what it means. He's the one he likes all our pretty songs, and he likes to sing along, and he likes to shoot his gun, but he. Don't know what it means 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 when I say yeah Nirvana Pretty, pretty good show. Weird, wild stuff. Hey-o! Hey-o! Weird, wild stuff. Hoo-ah! Uh, that was Nirvana. Um, Pick that song because, you know what? That's probably how he would have been kind of, you know what I'm saying? 
As being a Lucas? fan of Nirvana, yeah, Lucas, yeah. That's how he would have what? He's the one. He likes all our pretty songs, and he likes to sing along. Yeah, every time I would see, but Lucas, he likes to shoot his gun. Every time I had, it was Lucas was around, he always had his gun with him. Always, and he don't know what it means. Yeah, yeah. But I say yeah, and he says oh yeah. So yeah, uh, he'll definitely be missed. Yes, uh, uh, definitely. Uh, he uh, we a couple months from now we're gonna have the episode three hundred for Couch Pilots. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I live that long myself. I'm excited for that. And he's a guy who definitely would have been there. And now he's not going to be there because he's a dead guy. And that sucks. Right. I sucks. hate it. Sucks bad. So, one, he, uh, one less person on the bowling alley that day. Yeah, he will be missed. Um, like I said, wherever you're at, man, we love you. Didn't I know you very well, but uh, I don't know, man. It just uh, sucks when one of, uh, one of our fans and friends is gone. Yep. So it's uh, a bummer. Uh, hate to stay on the death train. Is a uh, this is a, a, a death, death note episode, death heavy episode. Um, we, we lost another lost one. another one this week. First Lucas, now this. First Lucas, now this. Um, I know, I know, I know, I know that you people out there, anybody my age, yeah, you definitely. Saw the video. You saw the woman on the car in the white dress spreading her legs oh all boy. over the and talk about went wow. I I like this lady. I like her a lot. That lady's name was Tani Katane. And uh, she left this world uh, at the age of fifty nine. Was it? It was a cause of death released. I don't know. I didn't check, but she did not age well. Um, she was on a couple weird shows, like reality shows, later in her life. Well, um, if if, um, if you were a really attractive lady, this is eighty seven. Yeah, if you are a really attractive lady, th- this is what happens. Uh, you you either have to work hard to to get an education and develop a career, mm-hmm. and usually you're okay. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a really attractive lady and you just kind of coast on your looks, there is going to be a hard stop eventually mm-hmm. on when those looks stop paying off for you. Yeah. And then if you did not develop a skill or a personality mm-hmm. or a work ethic, right. then there's going to be a, not only a hard stop for your looks, but just kind of a hard stop for your life. Because if you don't, add to yourself and expect mm-hmm. something to go the distance, which is always fleeting, our mm-hmm. looks, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to hit it hard, hard times. Hard times, daddy. You don't know what hard times did, daddy? You don't uh, know! Uh, classic example of this. Uh, same kind of time frame. A lady named Kathleen Turner. Kath- was, from Kathleen Turner Overdrive. That's right. Uh, she was very popular back in the day. She was a big-time actress. Yeah. Uh, she was in a movie called Romancing the Stone. Was, was she considered a great Hollywood beauty, you think? She was, back then, Yeah, she was a very attractive lady. Uh, she never got out of acting, continued acting. Today, mm. in her uh, being up in her years, uh, she looks and sounds like a man. It's weird. I, I've talked about this before, yeah, especially it's a couch very bias. weird transformation. Like uh, men and lady, who are like I, a man who's born a man is like I identify uh-huh. as a man, and a lady is a born lady. I identify as a lady. Uh, most of their life, they look like the gender they are born uh-huh. and uh, identify as. But there is a time later 
when estrogen levels fall and testosterone levels fall. And there is a point where those two genders kind of collide. A great example of that is Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler. Uh, Aerosmith. Dude does look, look like, like a lady. lady. Steven Tyler. Mm-hmm. Kathleen Turner. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Fisher. Yeah. R.I.P. Carrie Fisher was Omega. She was a, an totally o- a babe. An Omega babe. Yeah. Then she got drugs and everything else took hold of her life. And when she got older, yeah. she was no longer Omega babe. Uh, Kathleen Turner looked like she had been uh, gargling gravel for 35 years. Her, her voice is like yeah. just a smoker's paradise. Yeah, smoke, you know? yeah. Kathleen Turner sounds like she smoked four packs of cigarettes since she was the age of five. I remember her back then. She she was a good looking girl. Mm-hmm. I, I, maybe she, maybe she was considered a greater same, beauty than I thought. But same okay, same vein. Remember the movie Top Gun? Oh yeah, that woman is Kelly something, right? Not is that what her name? Kelly? Is it Kelly McGillis? That's yeah, right. is that did not age well. I don't know what she looks like today. Not good. Curious to see if she'll be in the new uh, Top Gun sequel. Highly doubt it. I, I honestly don't really even care. But I will say this: uh, Tony Katain mm-hmm. is I, unfortunately. Probably falls in one of those categories where she was known as this video vixen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, all the all the rock and roll guys with all the hairspray and the makeup wanted to get with Tawny Contain, and I swear to God, probably a lot of them did. But um, unfortunately, she did meet her end recently. Mm-hmm. And to continue with the theme of uh, unfortunate uh, demises, you're, you're going to do a song. I'm going to do the song. Well, okay, what is the song? The song is "Here I Go Again." Oh boy, I, I remember that one. Who sings that? Uh, White Snake. Now uh, you have talked about you personally having a white snake, isn't that right? Mm, a white, a white dot. <laughs> Jesus, you want me to read some information about? Yes, it please. Again? Yes. And then you, I mean, I know you mentioned about the vehicle, but you, after I read this, you, if it's not included in this, I hope that you regale us with some information about that video. Yes. Here I if go. If it's again. not mentioned in there, I will. Okay. Uh, Here I Go Again is a song by British rock band Whitesnake, or as as Scott calls it, White Dot. (laughs) Originally released on their 1982 album Saints and Sinners, the power ballad was re-recorded for their 1987 self-titled album. Mm -hmm. The song was re-recorded again in the same year uh, in a new radio mix version, which was released as a single hit and number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart on October 10th, 1987, and number nine on the UK singles chart on November 28th, 1987. The 1987 version also hit number one on the Canadian singles chart on October 24th, 1987. In 2003, Q Magazine ranked it as the 962nd on their list of 1,001 best songs ever. God, who's put in charge of that fucking list? Jesus Christ. In 2006, the 1987 version was ranked number 17 on VH1's 100 Greatest Songs of the 80s in 2012, Reader's Poll of uh, Rolling Stone ranked it as number ninth among the top 10 best hair metal songs of all time. Harry metal. In 2017, The Daily Telegraph included it among the top 21 best power ballads. Now, there's some more information about this, and we don't have to get into it. There's a whole section. We'll about get into the, the video the, after. There's, yeah, there's information about the music video, but yeah. you wanna, you're just you're chomping at the bit. I'm going to sing it. Well, We're going to talk about the music video after. Well, why don't you step up to the mic then and give it all you got then? I will, my man. I don't know where I'm going But I should know where I've been 
Hanging on the promises and the songs of yesterday And I've made up my mind I ain't wasting no more time Here I go again Here I go again Though I keep searching for an answer I never seem to find what I'm looking for Oh Lord, I pray you give me strength to carry on Cause I know what it means To walk along a lonely street of dreams Here I go again on my own Going down the only road I've ever known Like a drifter I was born to walk alone And I've made up my mind I ain't wasting no more time I'm just another heart in need of rescue Waiting on love, sweet charity And I'm gonna hold on for the rest of my days Cause I know what it means To walk along a lonely street of dreams Here I go again on my own Going down the only road I've ever known like a drifter, I was born to walk alone And I've made up my mind I ain't wasting no more time Cause here I go again Here I go again Here I go again Social. Cause I know what it means to walk along a lonely street of dreams. Here I go again on my own Going down the only road I've ever known Like a drifter I was born to walk alone And I made up my mind I ain't wasting no more time here I go again on my own Going down the only road I've ever known Like a drifter I was born to walk alone Cause I made up my means To walk alone a lonely street of dreams here I go again on my own 
Going down the only road I've ever known Like a drifter I was born to walk alone Oh yeah, that's a good one. What what a power! You miss the age of power ballads. I miss the age of power ballads. I really do. <laughs> I remember that we have done that song uh, on the show before. We have, yes. And I was here for it because yeah. I remember. I think uh, it was you. I sung it. I think. okay. And do you remember? You remember what happened last uh-uh. time? Okay, so I'm I'm reading it earlier on the Wikipedia and talking about different versions of the song recorded. In that original version, it was like a hobo. I was yes, born to walk yes, along. Yes, yes, I do remember talking about that. Because I think when we were was singing it, like I think you had sung "Hobo" originally, because that's what was on the screen in front of you. Yeah, yeah. And yes. then Dustin and I were looking at each other, like, like cracking ho- up, was like, like "Hobo, what the fuck is it?" And then because we all know, we all know that song. Yeah, it was a drifter. And I think later we corrected it in the song, but I just remember uh, the word "hobo" being in there, and also very funny. Uh, do you want do you want some more information about the music? Yeah, video? yeah. Let's talk about. I want to talk about this. Do you want me to do the Wikipedia, or you just want to shoot? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, a uh, very influential video at the time. Uh, the 1982 music video features the band performing the song on stage. The music video for the, 1990, or the, uh, yeah, the 1987 re-recorded version was directed by Marty Kallner. The video uh, includes, uh, besides the band's stage performance, appearances by model Julie E., uh, Tawny Katane, who is married to White Snake's David Coverdale yep. from 1989 to 1991? Mm-hmm. So he sees a girl on the hood of his car in 1987. Say, like, "I'm going to have sex with that. I'm going to marry that, bitch. and then I'll marry her." Uh, her notable sex appeal was immediately recognized, having memorable unchoreographed scenes in a white negligee writhing and cartwheeling across uh-huh. the hoods of two Jaguars X, uh, XJs, yes, which belonged to Coverdale White uh-huh. and uh, Colner, who had the black one. Uh-huh. Uh, Coverdale recalls that he even brought choreographer Paul Abdul to the set to show some moves to Coverdale's girlfriend Tony, but only positively, uh, but only to positively exclaim that she couldn't show her anything. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Tony knew everything. She knew how to work that body. Right. right. Uh, Coverdale. Several scenes of Tony making out with David Coverdale, trying yeah. to pull him in the back seat. It probably, it probably turned you into a man, right? Yeah, baby. Coverdale's iconic white Jaguar once again appeared in the music video for the single "Shut Up and Kiss Me" from their nineteen or two thousand nineteen studio album "Flesh and Blood." So um, still owned it. Still owns the same car. How could you get rid of that? Yeah, you can't. It's got her stank all over. <laughs> you know he's out in that garage sniffing. That's it. got a vagina print on the hood. He probably never washed it again. That's like technically information about the video, yeah. but but I mean, you were a young. You're a few years older than me, so you probably were a young man being highly influenced by MTV at Born the time. Born in '74, seeing this video. Video's '87, so yeah. I am. Right there, yeah, baby. Oh, but you're right when the pubes are popping 13 out. 13 fucking hormone monster. Tell me about it. What, I'm what do you, hormone monster. Yeah, I, I need <laughs> to catch up on the show. What, what do you remember about that video, and what did it do for you? Yep. Um, excuse me. I remember just white lingerie or, or white... Negligee. Negligee. Lingerie. What's the difference? Whatever. Dancing. Long legs. Sure. Red hair, probably a lot of kicks with the legs, a lot, a lot of, yes. a lot of upper thigh exposed. Yes, uh, her just p- making out with uh, the modern day at that time version of Robert Plant. Okay, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> that's I think that's who he really strived. I think he was trying to be was the next. Well, Robert I didn't know. Plant. I didn't know White Snake was a British band, but, mm-hmm. there, but there you go. Yeah, uh, I, you could tell that uh, uh, David Coverdale was highly influenced by. Led Zeppelin. Who isn't? A lot of people. Are. Absolutely right. Um, but yeah, uh, God, 
that was the peak of my yeah, I was puberty, baby. Oh, yeah. Going out of control with those those hormones pumping through your body. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, being a little, again, a little younger than you, and not having all those music videos committed to memory or burnt uh-huh. in my mind, like you probably do, uh, I would get this video mixed up with, I believe it was the Warrant video for Cherry Pie. Probably, yeah. Uh, was there a lot of like similar themes? Yeah, Bobby Brown was in that one. Oh, Bobby Brown? There was a girl named Bobby Brown. So not Millie Bobby not Brown. Not Millie Bobby Brown, from, not Bobby Brown. And not Bobby Brown from uh, Bell, or not, uh, from New Edition. Get on your phone right now okay. and pipe in Bobby Brown uh, model. Model Bobby Brown. Okay, model Bobby Brown. You got yeah. it. Uh, Not Millie Bobby Brown, but what, were those two music videos similar? Similar, though? very similar. You had Bobby Brown, who was dating the lead singer of Warrant at the time, uh, in that video. Boy, they know what they're doing, those guys, don't they? Uh huh. What, what's that? That Men at Work song, or not? Is it Men at Work? They're like uh, talk just about how like playing rock and roll music gets ladies. Yeah, I don't remember. I want my. It's on. I, uh, the, I want my MTV. Right. Oh, oh that was Dire Straits. Oh, Dire Straits. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's a fox. Oh, there she is from the Cherry Pie video. Oh, my God. Bobby Brown. I'm not a guy. I'm not a dude who likes blonde hair and big boobs. But I'll make an exception, all right? (laughs) I'll make an exception for this girl, I guess. Good Lord. I think she... I don't know like, if she's still... I think she's still... I think she's kept herself up pretty good, pretty well. Well, I would... She's one of those girls who probably very easily could have dra- uh, drafted off of her looks. Uh-huh. Who knows what she's up to today? Right. She uh, did something back and after. I don't remember, though. Um, well, we're coming to the end of our hour again. Jason, thank you. Um, that was a lovely tribute to Lucas. Um, I'm going to play Lucas out tonight. I'm going to let his music uh, play us out this evening. Uh, check out Couch Pilots. Comes out every Monday. Uh, if you listened yesterday, you heard their tribute to um, Lucas. Yep. Um, a lot of I don't know how many because I haven't heard it yet. How many of us got together and left some voicemails for Lucas? There's a couple on there. We play one of Lucas's songs at the end of the show. We play uh-huh. a Nirvana song up top and just kind of give us give our some of our remembrances and stories about him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the whole episode isn't a downer. There's a lot of good stuff that he did, and we, we talk about that. Right. And then we have fun like we normally do on mm-hmm. the show, but we, we needed to take a moment to kind of recognize what had happened. Mm-hmm. And if you want to hear that, yeah, definitely listen to Couch Pilots. I also do a different podcast called uh, the Ernest P. Worrell Preservation Society. If you remember the 1980s Pitchman, uh, Ernest P. Worrell, star of films like Ernest Saves Christmas and uh, Ernest Goes to Camp. You can listen to that podcast, and we talk about earnest projects that are real but never were created. Never created. Real on paper. Someone wrote them, but they never made it. Uh, it's a very niche audience that we have. You, you <laughs> mentioned a couple uh, on a couple weeks ago, you mentioned that uh, the movie Rocket Man with uh, our friend... Uh, Harlan Williams. Harlan Williams was, yeah. was meant to be for... I, I think it Ernest. was originally, because that movie came out in like 96, 97, uh-huh. And the uh, the Disney deal with Ernest ended in the early 90s, uh-huh. but there was a lot of content generated for him that was never made, but a few years later could have been uh, written up a little bit and made for someone else. Um, talk, I mentioned The Sixer. Um, just finished listening to your episode of The Sixer, uh, the movie that you watched, uh, that you referenced. The kids um, made me feel bad about myself because uh, <laughs> I that? got aroused. One of the scenes. Oh, well, you're probably a young uh, man. I was when well, I was in my early twenties, mid twenties. But well, a lot of those kids who were playing younger kids were actually like right. I think were eighteen. Right. So, so nothing, uh, nothing to feel too bad about. Uh, crazy movie. 
uh, crazy fucking movie. Interesting movie. I I, I say that the uh, soundtrack is superior. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, the Sixers a great show. Yeah, check it um, out every Thursday. Yeah, Kevin mainly does that, but uh, you've done a lot of episodes, done and then other people are kind of helping out Kevin while he's got a newborn to tend to. But mm-hmm. that's that's a great program if you want to be introduced yeah. uh, to some new music and new artists. Um, yeah, uh, check us out on uh, Twitter. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Check us out on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, wherever uh, podcasts uh, are available. Uh, shout out to Brazil. We love you and your booties. Um, and on that note, I'm gonna let. Uh, I'm just gonna let Lucas play us out. Thanks, uh, Scott. Fly high, Lucas, and uh, we'll see you again someday, brother. Sound like they were somebody was home. I don't know though. All right. We'll be done well before nine. Oh yeah, we'll be done because well, this will be another hour, and then I gotta put pull the files onto the old machine here and go home and give them to Kevin. Hua! <sighs> 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 <sighs>